So what is the meaning of baptism? What is the difference between us and probably other faiths when it comes to baptism? Why do we do it? When do we do it? So I hope to do the next few moments just to answer this question. So I want to put a video clip on now and hopefully you will see the relevance of it. My asthma. They said they'd fix it, but it didn't make any difference at all. Well, sometimes doctors make mistakes. And you need to try twice as hard to fix them. you using your inhaler? All the time. Go through one a week. You sure you're using it right? Do I look like an idiot? <coughs> Why don't you show me how your inhaler works? I love that clip. <laughs> Do I look like an idiot? <laughs> it's a misconception of how to use it. And baptism is the same because both Owen and Philip mentioned something happened to them when they were two year old. Said they were they were dedicated and that dedication was a process. But if they'd gone along to the local Anglican church, they probably would have sprinkled water on their head. And that is the way that they do. Why do we do baptism by actually putting people right underneath the water? And just for a few moments, I want to explain why. We believe baptism has two main components. One is that there's been a personal positional change which we call burial. And second, we believe there's been a personal process change, which we believe is called new life. So we believe there's a personal positional change, which is burial, and a personal process change, which is new life. You see, the first one says, do you not know that many of us as were baptised into Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. We are buried with him in baptism, whereby we're also raised with him through faith. So what does it mean to be buried, to have a burial? You know, Fred was a faithful Christian and he was in hospital and he was, he was dying. And so the family called their local pastor to stand with him. And as the pastor stood next to Fred's, Fred's bed, his condition obviously deteriorated. And so he motioned frantically for something to write on. And so the pastor gave him a pen and piece of paper. And Fred started to write with the last bit of energy, to scribble down a note, gasping for breath, and then he died. The preacher thought, well, it's best not to look at this note at this time, so he just placed it in his pocket. And at the funeral, as he was finishing his message, he realised he was wearing the same trousers that he was wearing when Fred had died. And he thought, oh, oh, Fred's note. And so he opened it up, and he said, I just wanted to read what Fred handed me before he died. And this, I'm sure, was his last words of inspiration to us all. And he opened up the note, and he said, hey, you're standing on my oxygen tube. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have had to conduct funeral services. And when I bury someone, they are physically buried. They go underneath the ground. And for us, burial 
is I say that positional change. It's saying that I want to live my life this way. But having realised that I have done wrong, that I have sinned and I'm not going to go through it again because I could just say to Jane Thomas, shout me a sin that she's done and we wouldn't have time to be able to go through them all because unlike that, I don't do confession. But I mean, what is sin? Sin is doing something, simple as this, sin is just doing something that goes against what God wants us to do. And so when the Bible says, thou shalt not steal, that means God doesn't want us to steal. And I guess we've all done that. Thou shalt be kind and love. And I guess we've all unloved at times. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And I'm sure we've all spoken bad about somebody. And so we could go on and on and on. And if, if we actually are real with ourselves, we know deep within ourselves that we do things that are wrong. And you know, we can say, well, that's okay. But in God's point of view, God calls it sin. It's not a terrible word. It just means you're not going the way that I'd like you to go. I've laid down some rules. And all of you are parents. And I'm sure all of you as parents have laid down rules. You must have done. Otherwise, it would be chaos, wouldn't it? It would be absolute chaos. You lay down rules. And what happens when your child breaks the rules? You punish them in some way. Whether it's a naughty step or whatever it is, or whether they have to go without things, or whatever it is. In other words, we don't do it because we don't love them. We do it for justice, don't we? We still love our child when they misbehave. <coughs> yeah, we still, your mom still loved you. She might not have told you. But she still loved you, even though sometimes she's had to say, go upstairs, go into your room, or do whatever it is. It's nothing to do with love, is it? It's to do with justice. It's because you've broken what mom has said. And God has said the same, that we have broken his rules. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. Every human being has sinned against God. That puts me in it, puts you in it. All of us have sinned against God. And God says, listen, I could put you on the naughty step. I, I've got to hold this against you, not because I don't love you, but because of justice. And so God says, I need to do something about it. And he came up with this plan. And this plan was that he would send Jesus Christ to go to a cross. Call it a naughty step if you want. But go to a cross and pay for every single thing that I have ever done wrong. That you have ever done wrong. And then God said, okay, you now have an option. You've all sinned, but I've given you a way of escape if you put your faith in Jesus Christ on the cross. And the Bible says this, there is only one way to God through the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no one can have a relationship with God unless they come through me. So I take that that Jesus is the only way of salvation. To stop me from taking the justice that I so deserve. 
And I hope that makes it clear. I just want to make a simple demonstration to you. Is the reason we're baptizing people is because when we come to that decision and say, do you know what? I have sinned. I have had horrible thoughts. I have stolen. I, I have done this and I have done this. And I know I have. And I, and I tried to change. I made New Year's resolution on the 1st of January. By the 3rd of January, they're gone. I was never able to break the habit. And so, someone once said to me, invite Jesus in. Why don't you give Jesus a try? And explain to me that Jesus died to take all of your sin away. But there has to be a positional change. You then have to decide to follow Jesus. We no longer can do what we want to do. That is a condition. And some people say, well, that's not for me. And that's okay. That's your journey of life. I believe in my journey of life, I needed to change as a person. And I couldn't change as a person. But with God's help now, I think I'm beginning to develop and see changes coming into my life that I know that I couldn't, couldn't do. And so, I've given up <coughs> that old way of life that I used to. I used to look up the nightclubs and some of the stuff I could tell you, I won't, but some of the stuff I could tell you, some of the lies that I told, wow, I've been an air pilot, I've been a doctor, seriously, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a catchphrase to try and attract, anyway, what I'm saying is, listen, I just knew I couldn't change. And so I tried Jesus. And for me it worked. And I had to go a different way. And so the first step, it has to be a positional change. You have to die to yourself. You have to change to a new way of life. I'm almost finished. Because the second thing it says, there has to be not only a positional change, but there has to be a process change. In other words, if I am still getting drunk, if I'm still telling those lies, if I'm still doing that stuff that I used to do, there's no change, sir. And so, we make a decision to positionally die to ourselves, and we make a decision to now walk a new way with Jesus. I wonder if you could put the first picture up. Now, what is that? It's a cucumber. Well, what happens is this. When you put a cucumber in a glass jar, and you can try it at home, you can put a, a cucumber in a glass jar. I'm talking to you, Lily, because I know you're... And then you pour some juice in, and you tighten the lid. Okay, so tight. Your mum's pretty strong, so she could tighten the lid. Okay, so there's no air can get in it. What happens is, when that cucumber gets in, the juice just starts to saturate into the cucumber. And this is what happens, Rob. It becomes a pickle. <coughs> that's, that's a process. What is happening? The cucumber is still a cucumber, isn't it? But what's happening is the juices have saturated the cucumber and changed it. And that's a lovely picture of what happened to me. I wasn't put in a jar, but what happened to me, I received the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is now saturating my life and changing me. You see, I haven't had to work too hard. I've just asked God to help me to change. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you something to help you change. So when people say to me, well, I thought you were a Christian, Pastor. I say, I am, but do you know what a Christian is? Say, no, he's not perfect, he's just forgiven. Because I'm not perfect, and you find that difficult to believe in me, I know. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. But I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Because I know I'm not perfect. And I know I sin. And I know I've said, Jesus, please come into my heart and life and change me. And he said, I'm going to do that. And so I want you to remember what a Christian is. He's someone who's like a cucumber. He's being put into a jar and it's being tightened. And the Holy Spirit is the juice. Next picture, Rob. So now I'm a baptized cucumber. That is what Dennis and Pam, you're a baptized cucumber. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Isn't it? You are a young man. I say young, he's younger than me, so he's a young man. But he's a baptized cucumber. <laughs> and I tell you what, so is his wife. <laughs> it's lovely. Because it's still me, but I'm saturated not in juices, I'm saturated in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that lovely? And basically, that's your heart. So, what happens in baptism? I'm going to go under the water and I'm going to keep Pam down for two minutes. <laughs> I've been given a fiver. Oh, fiver. I'm going to... Yes. No, I'm going to put you under the water. Basically, what we're saying is, remember the first one, there has to be that change, that personal, positional change. Well, what's happening, Pam is saying, once I used to do this, and as I go underneath the water, she's saying, like Pastor Reddy, I've just said, Jesus, I need you in my heart. And I'm prepared to change my position. I'm prepared not to do those things I used to do. I'm prepared to change. And that's why we put her under the water. When we lift her up, what's actually happening is God is saying, and now you have my Holy Spirit, which is a new life, and it's going to help you in the process of your new journey in life. Because I won't be perfect till I get to heaven. And at my age, that's probably just around the corner. <laughs> but listen, isn't it good to know that, in all seriousness, when I do die, I'm a sure of Jesus. And that love me. He's going to say to me, hey, you were not perfect but by a long way. But you took a decision to change. And you invited me to heart that night and that drunkenness and that you made the decision to follow Jesus. And I gave you the Holy Spirit and you are better than what you were. Believe me, I am better than what I am. All because Jesus changed me by making me a baptized so there you are, Jay. You go home and say to God, I'm not a teapot. I'm not a tree. I'm a cucumber. You're a Bless you. Where's Kevin going? She's going to sleep, but she generally goes to sleep. I can't even see him. Oh, 
he's there. He's there. You see, Kevin does this. And you will think of my dad's soul. Never mind, granddad, you love me. But could you go onto the platform and sing a song? Because I'm going to ask now the baptism candidates to get themselves ready. <laughs> 